Rising interest rates and inflation have gotten national attention, but what does it mean for farmers? Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Higher interest rates and inflation are top news every night these days. Jennifer M. Latsky, Kansas farmer, spoke with Brian Brigham, Kansas State Ag Economist, in late June about the issue. Of note is the fact that while they talked a month ago, economic news has not improved. Brigham offers some tactics for farmers, and he looks at how rising interest rates aren't good for land prices, which could impact farm transitions. The higher cost of money may hinder land sales. Yet he shares that he doesn't see a collapse in land prices anytime soon. Here's what he had to say. Brian, let's talk about interest rates and how that might be affecting our purchasing decisions on the farm now and in the near future. So first off, um, for the audience, we're recording this June 21st. So Brian, what's the status of the general economic situation now as, as you know it? Right now, a lot of what's going on within the U.S. economy is a lot of uncertainty, uh, a lot of questions about the future. Uh, for the first time in a very long time, inflation is now at the forefront of the American consumer. Uh, it's on our headlines. It, you turn on the news, you hear about inflation. There's a number of things that have led to that from supply chain issues, uh, the pandemic, also on the demand side, coming off the pandemic, consumers are ready to spend. We also have stimulus checks that came at us. So we have inflation now, depending on what measure you look at, is north of 6% uh, for a core inflation measure. And that's the highest it's been since the early 80s. So that creates a, a situation uh, where the Fed uh, will respond by raising interest rates. And that's what they have done. Uh, in fact, here we had a, a higher interest rate hike by 0.75% to where now the Fed funds rate, that's the interest rate the Fed uses to help try to calm down inflation or to uh, boost the economy uh, with a target of 1.5% to 1.75%. And that's not too long ago, you know, this time last year, it was trading between zero and 0.25%. So there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, Consumers are facing higher gas prices, higher food prices, uh, and now we're starting to see interest rates go up. We have this higher interest rate situation. We have inflation, and that's hitting our consumers. It's also hitting our farmers. We also have a possibility, I'm hearing, for recession. What are farmers asking you? What are their concerns that they bring up? Because we know farmers are price takers, not price makers. This this affects them uniquely, correct? It definitely does. And I think most of the farmers that I talk to, uh, it, are we too late? Um, I think so many farmers remember what happened in the 1970s when we had out of control inflation and interest rates got into double digits. And then that caused the 1980s farm debt crisis when uh, we, you know, basically the Fed, by keeping interest rates so high, uh, pushed the U.S. economy into a recession. And of course, that really also hurts uh, U.S. agriculture, especially when interest rates are high. So their fear is that there's um, inflation is begin is just starting now and that interest rates are going to continue to go up. 
so now the questions become for for producers is, you know, this is where we're at. So what what's going to happen coming next? And then how do we position ourselves to weather the storm? So what are some of those options that they're thinking about as far as weathering the storm near term and long term? Um, and, and does it matter if they're older farmers or if they're um, middle mid-career or if they're younger farmers? You know, in this instance, um, where age would help is uh, experience, right? Having been through some turbulent times, uh, our, many of our younger farmers that are out there really haven't experienced a lot of, you know, real significant turbulence. I mean, we've had very high net farm incomes for a number of years. But one thing that the younger farmers I that I talk to have learned from the more seasoned farmers um, is that some of the tried and true measures of getting through a difficult period in agriculture still are, you know, ring true today. First and foremost, you have to build up your balance sheet. Find ways to build up working capital, boost your liquidity position, do everything that you can to make sure that balance sheet is strong. Uh, don't take on too much debt. I mean, some debt is needed. It's very expensive to put a crop in the ground, to raise uh, livestock, uh, to buy capital or land. So some debt does make sense, but we have to be mindful of that. The second big thing that's within a, a farmer's control uh, is to do the best they can to be as efficient on their operation as possible. And that would include controlling costs. Uh, we need to make sure that you know we are um, doing the best that we can to be efficient to control costs, but also recognize that that cost to put a crop in the ground, to raise livestock, there's also a price, an output, right? Revenue that you can receive. So be thinking about as cost efficient as you can, but when the market gives you an opportunity to, uh, for example, sell your grain and lock in a profit, you take it because that's what starts to help you to build your balance sheet in order to get through this period of time. Uh, and, and then, you know, third is just to make sure you have that kind of that conservative approach. Um, we don't want to get too aggressive. We don't want to be uh, too, you know, putting the farm out there. We have to be mindful of everything that we do. So many of the, the farmers that I know who went through the, that made it through the 80s, you know, we don't have to come up with some fancy new way to, to make it through. Those three things really help um, farmers and ranchers to get through an uncertain and turbulent time. Okay, good, good advice. Brian, this also brings to mind a situation where we've been hearing over the last several years that we have a, a large number of farmers that are getting ready to retire and there's a, a turnover of land, um, whether they're turning it over to heirs and, and they're, it's going to stay in the family and continue to be farmed or whether that land is going to be sold and or or there's going to be a turnover. Now, with this situation where we have high interest rates, um, what does that mean for some of our land sales? Um, you know, logic tells me that if it costs me more to borrow that money, I'm going to think second about uh, bidding up on a, on a piece of land. So what does that do for not only the people that are buying land, considering that, also the folks that have the land to sell, whether that's heirs that are getting ready to, to transition? 
Yeah. So maybe the let's start with answering uh, that question, which is excellent. And many, many um, landowners, um, you know, those who are moving into retirement are looking, you know, for other options in Kansas are having these questions. Um, so what does it mean when we have interest rates uh, go up? What how does that affect land prices? Well, if history is our guide, uh, especially as we look back over time, uh, interest rates, you know, rising tends to put downward pressure on land values. And, and the primary way that occurs is it's a lending a financial term called capitalization rates. So the rate that it's being capitalized into or the, the amount of income coming in that's being capitalized into the value of land, it's just it's a higher interest rate. And that tends to push down land values. Um, a lot of people think, well, when interest rates go up, they immediately think of the 1980s. But that's not the situation we're in right now. Those interest rates rising so significantly, we had uh, farmers and ranchers had much more debt uh, on their balance sheets. And much, so much so, they weren't even able to make their interest payments at times. And that created financial stress, which caused them to miss their uh, land payments to the bank. And that's when the forced, close, uh, the forced land sales, the foreclosures, the bankruptcies occurred. Fortunately, that's not the situation as broadly across uh, Kansas. Um, there definitely are some farmers and ranchers that have maybe too much debt. But we, it would not be my expectation that if interest rates continue to rise, that we would see that, you know, collapse in land values. To have that collapse in land values, you really have to have those bankruptcies go through. Um, but still, you know, with interest rates going up, uh, it's going to make it more difficult for, say, a younger producer or middle-aged producer who's looking to grow their operation to purchase the land. Um, because interest rates rising is going to lift uh, mortgage rate or land loan rates, interest rates on um, those purchases. So it could have a dampening effect on demand just because the financing of farmland, you know, will be more expensive. And I think interest rates, you know, will continue to go up. I don't think the Fed has everything completely under control. So uh, that's going to provide, um, you know, some some headwind on that. But will it be um, so significant? Probably not through this year. Um, I still think the land market will function fairly well this year, primarily because if you look at commodity prices, uh, they're quite strong still. And so, you know, there we would expect, you know, by the end of this year to have a pretty solid net farm income year. Now, when we look ahead in the future, if interest rates continue to go up, well, that tends to uh, push up the value of the U.S. dollar, which hurts our exports because that increases the price of our exports on the global stage. And if that happens, that hurts our demand, which in turn uh, can you know push down our net farm incomes. And if incomes come down, then that could really put some pressure on land values. But, you know, we've been through this here um, in the not, I mean, not too uh, distant uh, past. Uh, the last 10 years, we've seen a lot happen within land markets where we saw a big run up and then a kind of a cooling where it kind of cooled off and then it came back up and it looks like it's maybe cooling off now. 
So for those landowners who are thinking about that transition, maybe now is the time because interest rates are very likely to continue to go up, which makes it more difficult to finance. Um, but for those landowners that maybe cannot find those uh, uh, you know, purchasers on the other end, the buyers on the other end, um, actually through Kansas State University and our Office of Farm and Ranch Transition, uh, we do offer an, um, an opportunity for producers to join a land link uh, resource that we have where it tries to connect those landowners uh, with farmers who maybe are not able to purchase it, but are looking to either cash rent or uh, enter into a crop share agreement or some other type of lease agreement. So there are resources out there for those producers that might not be able to sell it. Um, but yes, it, you know, a lot of it is, you know, here within the near future looks to be, you know, probably okay. But when we start to look in 2023 and beyond, there's going to be a lot of question marks. Okay. And that's some promising news. I, I'm, I'm glad that you had that that a uh, little bit of a, a high point there or a, put a little bit of a, a happy note on it. Um, Brian, let's look at the final final question. What is this environment right now do for farmer sentiment regarding those purchases of equipment, of land, of large numbers of livestock? I mean, we're, we're dealing with tremendous drought here in Kansas. Um, you talk with farmers every day in the course of your work. What What is the pulse out there that you hear? Um, a lot of concern, you know, a, a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, especially when you start getting into things that you cannot control, like you brought up the drought, the weather, my goodness, the, the, the heartache that happened for Kansas feedlot operators in Southwest Kansas. I mean, just it, it's, it's tough right now. Um, yeah, sure. That's great. We can look at these high prices, but if I can't raise a crop, um, that those high prices don't matter. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of uh, just kind of I, I, I wish I had a barometer, you know, some indice to, to measure it. Um, but I think there's just a lot of questions. But one thing I know, you know, about Kansas farmers and ranchers is that they're resilient. Uh, they've been through some difficult times and come out on the end on the other side uh, better and stronger uh, can move forward. Uh, a lot of lessons will be learned, you know, through this uh, period. And I think it'll just make the Kansas agricultural landscape from farmers, ranchers, agribusinesses, lenders, cooperatives uh, better in the end. We'll we'll find a way through it. We always have in the past. Uh, I do think um, there will be better days ahead. Great. Well, thank you, Brian, for joining around Farm Progress today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to Brian Brigham with Kansas State University for making time to talk with Jennifer Latsky for this week's episode. And while Brigham focuses on Kansas farmers, his comments about resiliency hold true for farmers across the country. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress and you'll hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer, and feedstuffs. And our events, including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and the New York Farm Show. 
And speaking of the Farm Progress Show, that time is getting close. Gates open at 8 a.m. Tuesday, August 30th in Boone, Iowa for the big show. It's the first time the event has been in this location since 2018. And from the first ever concert on the site to a host of new technology, this show will be worth the trip. You can learn more at farmprogressshow.com and even get your advanced tickets. And if you want to get updates ahead of the show, you can sign up for mobile texts. Just text FPS to 20505. That's F for farm, P for progress, S for show. FPS to 20505. Then respond to the text you'll receive next. You'll be in the know for this big event. Note, regular text and message rates apply. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.